Hi, welcome to Upgrade Your Faith. I'm Luke Gradeless, and this is our bite-sized Bible study for Monday. Um, if you haven't been here before, our goal is to spend just a few minutes together in God's Word. Let it activate our minds, set our hearts, and start to transform our souls. As always, my hope is that you don't just use this as your only means to get into the Word, but that you use this as a, a, a starting point, a place to kick off your own study, uh, to kick off your own deeper dive into the Word. Uh, five minutes, ten minutes, that's not enough. We need to be in here praying, meditating, talking to God about it, thinking about what does this stuff mean, about who our God is, who we are, and how do we apply these truths to our lives. Now, over the last uh, week, we've been going through the book of Acts, and, and today we're going to pick back up in Acts chapter 4, or I'm sorry, Acts chapter 5, and in Acts chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 12. And this is a little longer passage than we normally do, but I think it's important for us to look at all the pieces that happen here with the early church. And I think this is really important for us right now because we are at a point in time where with quarantine and everything that's happening here, we have so many churches that aren't able to meet in person. And so a lot of people are thinking like, well, well I can't go to church. And we have to remember the church is not the building. The church building could burn down. The church building could be wiped away and the church would still exist. Because the church isn't the building, it isn't the sign, it is the people. It is the people who have given their lives and hearts to Jesus Christ and who follow him each and every day as faithful servants. That's the church. And if we are the church, what we have to realize is, is our mission isn't bound by whether or not we can meet at a location. Our mission is bound by what has God asked us to do and our ability to figure out how to do that day in and day out, no matter the circumstances that we face. And so as we, as we sit here today, I think looking at Acts and seeing the beginning of the church and seeing the story of who this church was and how they acted encourages us to think about how do we do this today? How today in a situation where we can't, you know, a lot of us can't leave our houses, how in a situation where there's a lot of fear around us, how do we live in such a way that we still are the church? Because that's what we've got to be. Whether we're meeting in our buildings on Sunday nights or not, we've got to be the church every single day. And so in Acts chapter four, 5, verse 12, we pick up with, again, continuing persecution for the early church. It says, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared to join them, but the people esteemed them highly. So, so two things right there to pick out. One, we continue to see the church be of one mind, one accord. And so there's a unity that is brought together. And brothers and sisters, one of my favorite uh, quotes, and I'm, I'm going to mess it up because I'm sharing it, but it comes from a pastor and author by the name of A.W. Tozer. And he says, a hundred pianos tuned to the same tuning fork or more likely to sound like each other than a hundred pianos tuned to each other. And his point is, the way that you and I become unified, how we have one spirit and one accord, is not me coming to you and going, okay, you and me, let's get on the same page. And then us going to somebody else and go, hey, all three of us get on the same page. How you and I get on the same page is that you and I are both, every day, going to the Word of God, going to God the Father, going to Jesus Christ the Son, and calling on the Holy Spirit that lives in us, and we are trying to sync up with God. That's how we become the same. It's not me saying, hey, you and me, let's get on the same page. It's me doing everything I can to be in unison with my Father, and you 
doing the exact same thing. And then what do you see happen? The more that I'm pursuing him, the more that you're pursuing him, the more that we find we are drawn to the same point. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And so what we have to realize is, is even though you and I don't have the ability to converse and meet like we used to on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or whenever it was you got together, we can still have one mind and one accord. How? By spending our time in the Word. By spending our time chasing after God, becoming more and more like Him. And if all of us are doing that, you know what we're going to find? Is on that glorious Sunday that we all get to go back and see each other, guess what we're going to find? We are more in tune than we were before because we are closer and closer to God. And that's what the beauty of what you see happening here. The second beautiful thing that happens here is the way that the world views them. And I think this is so important for us to understand as Christians. Look, it says in verse 13, Yet none of the rest dared to join them, but the people esteemed them highly. So what's happening here? What's happening here is the rest of the world is seeing what the Christians are going through. They see the persecution that they're facing. They see the attacks that are coming their way. And they even see this weird life that they're leaving. And I, and I always caution Christians, we should be weirdos. We really should. And I don't mean weirdos in the kind of strange, scary type of people, but weirdos in the sense that we're weird when you look at the way the world lives, right? If our culture is chasing after money and power and security and all the things that the world is about, and you and I sit in the middle of that, and we could care less about power, we could care less about money, we could care less about fame, we could care less about sex, we could care less about all these things that the world pursues day in and day out, then you know what the natural reaction of the world should be when they look at us? Is go, those people are weird. Those people are strange. They live as if the things everybody else in the world is chasing after don't matter. And so when you look at this, you see that happening here. The people around them look at the early church and are intrigued. They're, they don't want to be one because they're afraid of the persecution. They also don't understand everything they're doing. At the same time, though, they're intrigued. They're looking at them and going, I don't know. There's something about the way they live their lives. There's something about the way they carry themselves, the way they're bold, the way they're powerful, the way they're loving, the way that they pursue this goal they have that really intrigues me. And I think we've got to try to live that way. I think more and more the modern church has tried to look like the world in the hopes that that makes people who are worldly feel more comfortable to come into the church. Right? We don't want it to feel like this off-putting thing. So we go like, how can we look and feel and sound more like you? And the reality when we do that sometimes is while our hearts might be in the right place, we're losing the intrigue that comes from a person of the world looking at a person of the kingdom of God and going, that's different. That's strange. That's intriguing to me. That's, that's a different way to live life. And I think we've got to look at that. We've got to look about how do we get back to being something different than the world around us? And you see that happening at the early church. These people look at the church and go, strange people, but man, high respect for them, high esteem for them. And so what happens? The believers do increase. So it says, and the believers were increasing and added to the Lord multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out to the streets and laid them on beds and couches, 
that at least the shadow of Peter passing might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and all of them were healed. And, and so what do you start to see happening here? You see, one, the apostles living in this powerful but weird way, right? It's weird because it doesn't look like the world. This increases the persecution from people in authority. Why? Because anything different than the status scares the status. Second, you see the people that they live with, the neighbors, the people who are around them going, it's strange, but I respect it. And yes, we're afraid of all the things happening, but what does God say happens here? Every day, the church is increasing. The church is increasing. Why? Because these people are seeing the way they live their lives genuinely, with power, with love, and with self-discipline. And then a weird thing happens. You have a mix of people coming to the church, both for truly the ability to experience God, and then others going, I don't get what you're doing, but help. You seem to have an answer to the th questions that plague our hearts and souls. And so you see them bringing the sick, bringing the broken, bringing the possessed to them. And so brothers and sisters, my encouragement to you today is, look, the world's a different place for us today. And the one thing you can guarantee is every single day, the world changes, always. But our mission to go into the world and to make disciples by baptizing them, by teaching them, by loving them, that hasn't changed. And we need to live our faith in such a way that it is strange and weird and intriguing to the world around us. Yet still at the same time, the world looks at how we live and it sees that love, that, that willingness to joyfully sacrifice for someone else, that power that says no matter the persecution, no matter the circumstances, you can't stop me. You can't stop me from doing what God has called me to do. And that wisdom that we are enveloping ourselves in, that wisdom that doesn't come from you and me, but that comes from the Word of God, that comes from God the Father, that wisdom and that power that people start to realize that helps. It's changing lives. It's changing the world. And when all those things come together, the church grows. And so brothers and sisters, just because we're stuck at home, most of us hopefully, doesn't mean the church can't grow doesn't mean we don't have a mission. It just means you and I have got to get out of the rut of trying to do the same old thing all the time and go, okay, now in these circumstances, in this moment, how do I be the church? How do I show love to God? How do I show love to people? How do I live every day in a way that shows power, love, and self-discipline? And let's do that in a way that makes your neighbors go, those people, they're a little weird, but I kind of like them. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us. I hope God blesses you greatly. I hope you stay safe. I hope you stay healthy. And we will see you soon.